All right, everyone. This is the Roadmap Benzinga's NFT show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I want to go ahead and bring on my co-host today. He joined us yesterday. The chat loved him. He's back once again. Benzinga's own Brian Moore. Brian, what's going on, buddy? Oh, just shaking and making it. You know what I mean? <laughs> of here course. So, Brian, we, we had this huge news this week, right? We had the launch of Looks Rare, a new NFT marketplace built by the community for the community, right? And I love that strategy. I love that motto. Uh, you know, I'm so excited that this token is kicking off. It hit above $4 today, the Looks token. It's still moving. We got heavy volume on Looks Rare. And what better way to dive into covering looks rare than to talk to someone who knows firsthand all about this platform. What do you think? Let's, let's make it happen, Captain. Of course. All right. Well, everyone out there, I want a, a big welcome joining us once again on the roadmap. We have Hunter Orrell. Hunter, welcome back to the roadmap. How are you doing today? I'm amazing. Chris, great to see you again. And Brian, great to meet you. Uh, excited to be here. So, so Hunter, you. you know, I, I'm a big fan of yours. And I also want to shout you out and give you a thanks. Anytime I, you know, I'm looking for uh, uh, industry quote unquote expert, right? You know, I, I turn to you and others. I can usually get a response from you pretty quick. I can get an article out. So you were part of my panel of nft experts that gave you know thoughts on 2021 and what's ahead in 2022 which we'll get into maybe later on in the interview and For also sure. I, I i messaged you about looks rare because i saw that you were an investor and i was able to get an article out yesterday on this uh i'm gonna go ahead and drop that in the chat you guys can read this after today's interview but hunter uh you know super excited to get into looks rare we've been talking about this uh such a cool idea and platform but wondering anyone who missed the previous interview with you on the roadmap or isn't familiar with you can you just give everyone a little bit of background on how you got started in the nft space yeah for sure um i started in like late 2020 um like familiarizing myself around top shot had gotten a lot of uh you know hype and a lot of eyes on it just because of you know for the first time, people are actually going and spending serious real money uh, on digital collectibles. Um, and I would say like through the end of that, seeing CryptoPunks and understanding what's happening, I was like, that's cool. Um, but never really making the jump in. And in the beginning of 2021, uh, with you know, Topshop really, really ripping, um, I decided like, hey, let's just take some money and, and buy some stuff and play around. Um, and I bought like a moon cat. I bought some, you know, other little things. And I remember like the first time I bought something, uh, I just remember like being like, whoa, like I, it, I get it. Um, and I, from, I would say within the first week of buying my first NFT, I had no money in my savings account. I had no retirement account anymore. I had no stock portfolio. Um, I would say 99, over 99% of my wealth was then in Ethereum and NFTs. Uh, it's just kind of been from there on buying, uh, building projects, collecting, investing in companies, um, and really just making this whole leap into web three and really believing that, you know, the next five, 10 years of our lives are truly going to be 
uh, you know, integrated into what we're the technology we're using today. Love it. Yeah, that was something Brian and I hit on yesterday's episode of, you know, uh, being stock traders, right, and having a stock portfolio and then seeing the opportunity in NFTs and slowly just, you know, moving some of that money from stocks over to NFTs. That's something I've done personally. Um, I just think there's a greater opportunity there. And also, you know, if I can actively follow the space and get into some of these projects, you know, I, I just think it's, it's also, a, you know, it's a, it's a fun thing. It can be highly stressful. Yeah. There are some obvious risks, but uh, it's great with the community and uh, fun to be, you know, in these projects along the way. You mentioned that you've invested in some NFT, you know, projects and companies. So that leads in to looks rare, you know, the the big subject in the NFT world this week. So can you share with viewers uh, a little bit of the background of how you became an early investor in looks rare? Yeah, so I'm always looking for like investment opportunities. Um, and when this one came across my desk, um, it's actually funny. I was very hesitant at first. Um, I just because like, you know, I think when we start talking and looking at, you know, what does the next year and what does the next five years, 10 years look like, I really do still believe that there will be no winner, like one single marketplace. It's going to be very fragmented. There's going to be you know, a marketplace that's, you know, gives back to its users. It's going to be one that's really good at showcasing stories of who's doing stuff. There's going to be aggregators. Um, everybody's going to do different stuff. And uh, really what I like about Lookster and how I became an investor is I, I think the ethos right now within the industry is users get rewarded. Uh, if right now when you use Facebook and you generate them ad revenue, all you, you don't get anything for that, right? Like they're, you're, you're the product. Um, and with looks rare, you being kind of still the product, you're getting rewarded for, for being that person on there doing trading, um, and, and getting looks in return. And also when you say you're committed and stake your looks, the token, uh, that is the official token for looks rare, um, you're rewarded in hand for that as well, which I really, really like. Um, I also like that the fact that the team was really put an emphasis on the fact that communication needed to be better than OpenSea. Uh, they wanted to put an emphasis on uptime um, and really kind of like through the conversation of how does this change the game instead of like, hey, this is just another marketplace. Um, that's really when I was like, look, I'm, I'm really happy to be part of this and, you know, step in and, uh, you know, put my money where my mouth is saying, hey, OpenSea needs to make some changes here. Good point. Love it. All right, <clears throat> Ryan, you're up here. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us about the Look Rare site. Um, what are some of the best features that you would, you know, want to point out to it to your yeah. users or any cool ones that you can think of? I would say like off the bat, one that has actually on OpenSea held back the average investor um, has been the inability to make a collection wide bid. Mm. Uh, and this has really kind of favored the people that either have the technical ability to write uh, a, you know, a script or a bot that does this um, or have the funds to go and do this. So, you know, there was kind of a, you know, a, a skill technical wall for people who are getting in who said, I don't care which one it is, but I want to have every single world of the women that's yeah. one ether under. 
um, with looks rare, they're noticing that, Hey, people are doing that. So let's add that ability. You can bid on every single doodle. You can bid on every single world of women. And if somebody's like, Hey, I want that bid. Great. Um, this actually is even better for the marketplace uh, and for these collections because it, there's a more realistic floor. Um, and when I say that, it means, hey, when I look and see that the floor in OpenSea is, you know, 0.1 for something, but there's only two listed at, you know, two offers at 0.1 and then it just drops off. Um, it's not a real floor. So they're actually adding more liquidity to the market, which we've been missing. Um I would say by far that is the best feature that they have right now. Um, they have other features coming in, like making offers based on traits. So let's say you want to make an offer on all the trippy apes. Uh, you can go and do that with looks rare. Um, if you want to go make an offer on all of the uh, happy face doodles, you can go do that. It's one click um, and it's super easy. And those are the things that is <clears throat> trying to add to, you know, even the playing field for everybody in the NFT space. Yeah. So uh, can you point out some major differences between looks rare and OpenSea? I mean, there are a lot like fundamentally, like if we want to go all the way down to like the core and, and this is another reason uh, that I wanted to be, you know, a backer here is actually the way they're technically built. Um, OpenSea uses like a single contract that kind of runs the entire thing. They can't add collection offers without really going to the core and building it all from the, the ground up um, where looks rare is actually like this whole web of different smart contracts. And there's a basis one in the middle, this middle node that allows all these other contracts to, to either be added on or adjust or changed. Um, and that means like, let's say, you know, we want to add a feature that means um, you can offer like, let's just take the collection offer. Um, Let's say you want to buy uh, the lowest listed item on every single, like these five collections. You can add that. You can add sweeping uh, mechanisms. Awesome. You can add uh, alert mechanisms. You can add uh, all these different little features. Um, and I'm trying not to like give too much away here, but like <laughs> there's features that can always be added. Um, mm -hmm. That's where like when you look at OpenSea, They've done a really great job. I, I love the people building it. Alexander at OpenSea is one of the, the greatest and smartest and nicest people I've ever met. Um, but their core technology does need to, I think, address some things uh, to be able to compete with LooksRare. <clears throat> awesome. Those are some great points. One uh, tool I used a lot uh, when I was doing a lot more of my altcoin training was Bogged Finance and PooCoin um, tool app. Sure. And you mentioned that having, you know, the um, not really limit sales, but kind of like the alerts and finding, you know, spikes and prices, all that stuff. So I, I see how that that incorporated the NFTs is going to be a really big um, advantage for people trading and going in and out, not just the average, you know, daily collector right. or something. But yeah. speaking of like going to the altcoins, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the, the looks token and, um, you know, how people can get it and what it's used for? Um, well, well, first off, I did see a comment come in about looks rare. There's yeah. like a looks rare.com and a looks rare.xyz. The official site is looks rare, uh, .org. Um, so I know some people are just typing in.com, um, just so that they want to go check the site out. Um, yeah, there's a lot of scams out there. So make sure you are on the right URL for yeah. sure. Um, so first and foremost, just want to make sure people are going to the right place being safe. 
Um, I, I think looks the token is, is something that the community has been screaming about from OpenSea for a while. Right. Like, mm. um, and I will play the devil's advocate here. Like they're not, everybody isn't like, I don't think every marketplace needs to go and drop or like every, uh, piece of software or, inter, you know, interface that we're using in web three has to go do a token. Um, I think there's like users expected, um, but and there needs to be like real utility instead of like, here's some free money where looks rare. When, when I saw that the token like actually had utility, that's when I went and said, ah, like, you know, you know, SOS was like, here's a token and we're going to do some stuff with it down the road. This is a token right now that like you can go stake and it earns you fees. Like it, it, there's real utility, there's real use case for it and it works. Um, you know, I, I think there was somebody who bought like $200 worth of looks, staked it, and then they got like $3 in rewards. And like, that's one day in one day. Um, so technically, like when you, when you're thinking about investments, um, that's actually a pretty decent investment to get, you know, a 1%, 2% return the first day. Um, and right now I think the APY is like, you know, 800%, you know, your returns are really serious here. And because this is all based on volume, um, you know, when we talk about for users, by the users, you know, users getting rewarded, if you were to buy and trade on looks, you actually accrue fees if you're trading on, uh, you know, verified, you know, collections. Let's say you earn some looks, then go stake it. There's this like cycle of like users getting rewarded for, you know, actively using the site and then being rewarded for saying, hey, I'm going to stake and, and collect fees, um, which I really, really, really am behind. Like the fact that there's utility. Um, it is a little confusing, uh, but ideally like the looks token is just this, uh, is kind of like the bloodstream for how the reward system works with looks rare. Gotcha. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. So, so Hunter, you know, looks rare. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. We're talking about it again today at the trending topic out there for NFTs. So, you know, you know, I would label it an early success, right? So my, my question for you is, you know, were, were you and, you know, some of the other investors, were you surprised at this level of success? Did it, you know, outdo expectations or was this kind of the, the bar that was set by the, the launchers here? You know, so so Dingling uh, is probably one of the most public. You know, this is something he's been working on for a long time. Um, and, and for those who don't know who Dingling is, he's uh, you know huge Top Shot collector, huge Board API Club uh, collector, uh, Pixel Vault. Like he usually, I would say, for the big projects, is usually the number one holder. Um, he's somebody who I really respect, and not just because he has money and he's bought stuff, but because from a fundamentals investment um, and functionality perspective, he really does have a great mind for things. Um, so he was, you know, knowing that he's somewhat at, you know, at the helm of this, right. It's a distributed anonymous team um, was kind of like a check mark saying like, Hey, I feel safe. Nobody's no, somebody like him is not going to ruin the reputation here. Um, as far as like the success that it's had so far, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm actually a little surprised by the the level of, you know, trading that's happening. Obviously, there's been discussion around like the volume. Um, that's like, it, it's expected, right? Where if there's a reward for participating in something, and you're incentivized, like, people are gonna do it. Um, I didn't, I was not expecting this level, though. 
Um, this was something I thought would like play out over, you know, three, four months. And I'd be like, great. Uh, you know, looks like we're going to make a return here. Um, but like watching yesterday, how the volume has, you know, increased and watching the token price, um, it, it really has outperformed my, my expectations. And I'm really, really excited for, you know, knowing that team didn't even celebrate. Nope. I've yet to see anybody from the, uh, you know, the actual team that's building it be excited. They've just been like, you know, we're still building and great. Like we launched, like continue. Mm -hmm. That's a great sign for me as an investor um, to know that, you know, this wasn't like, Oh, we, you know, we've made money. Like we just got to wait and then we can cash out. Like they're here to win. Like in, in the sense of like, we're going to keep building, we're going to keep providing. And like in three years, we want users to still be here trading volume, being incentivized, being rewarded for trading. Um, and that makes me super excited. That's, that's awesome. Great insight there, um, you know, on the continued building of the project and also having that, you know, high bar kind of set from the beginning. That was kind of why I wanted to ask that, you know, because some of these projects come along, they have either really high expectations or really low expectations, and it can lead to a different uh, level of, you know, success. So you already hit on several points, you know, taking on OpenSea, but you know, that's one of the big storylines here, right? And OpenSea has been dominant in the space. They're well-known. Uh, I, I I don't know if I would say, you know, well-respected by everyone. There's a lot of different opinions out <laughs> I there. I think they about deserve them. our respect, though, right? Yeah. Like, and that's one thing, lot. like, in the whole scheme. And, like, I love that you said, like, there's expectations and you know, what we all think about OpenSea. I don't want to – I don't think it should be we hate OpenSea. I think there's things that we wish were different. Um, but OpenSea in the history of NFTs has played a huge part. Yeah. And they, I mean, they do deserve a round of applause for that. Um, and, and as far as like, expectations go, like, I don't think anybody should expect looks rare to be like the de facto number one marketplace. Um, like, even though we've seen a lot of volume here for people to make that switch over, I think it's going to take time. Um, and I think this is like a process and, a, you know, over weeks and months, we'll see people kind of play around and see what they like and, watch looks or add more features um we're gonna see OpenSea definitely uh come back swinging in some ways i believe from you know just watching and i think there's things you can pick up um but i also think OpenSea is not asleep at the wheel i really think OpenSea uh has been deploying money and resources and working heavily behind the scenes um to, to come out with something so i think there's there's really no like hey this is how it's going to play out um, it's really going to come down to like, how does this kind of like, I wouldn't say war, that's not the word, but like, how does this kind of, you know, economy play out between all these different marketplaces and their different strategies? Love that Hunter. <clears throat> great, great insights again. And, you know, OpenSea uh, led the way and I like how, you know, looks rare, you know, in, in yourself, you're complimenting them, but then also adding some features that the community has been asking for, right? That was part of the, the looks rare platform is really, you know, built on the community. So we do have this uh, kind of elephant in the room, right? We had OpenSea. <laughs> now we have looks rare. And we are getting an NFT marketplace from Coinbase, who's been a leader in the cryptocurrency world. I've asked you about this before, but if you want to share with viewers just a little bit of thoughts on what Coinbase's launch into NFTs could mean and, you know, how there's room for multiple marketplaces uh, for NFTs. You know, I, OpenSea, again, has a really good job um, at kind of being like the place to do business with, with NFTs. 
and they've they've really been the you know sister or brother to Coinbase, who's done the same thing with buying crypto. Um, and they've made it super easy. They've made it like you know intuitive. Um, it does look good, and it's really easy to know. Like I click here, I click buy, I'm done. I own an NFT. Um, Coinbase has an advantage over everybody, everybody, um, even OpenSea, and the fact that yeah. they have tens of millions of users. Um, and they have tens of millions of people on their email list and they know these people's information. They know who, you know, how much crypto they own and they can very, you know, they can either customize that, uh, you know, that the, what they're showing their users, knowing like, Hey, you have $10 million. Let me show you board ape doodles and all these really expensive projects. Um, you know, that's, they can do stuff like that. Um, but they're also their cost of acquisition for customers is zero right? They already have the customers. And that's when you're looking at like the next, like, where's the next kind of phase? And where, when I look for investing, it's like, how do I get the next million people in? Um, you know, looks rare has a serious issue there. Like, they're not like, Hey, like you just click buy and you're done. Um, there's, you have to have a meta mask. You need to understand like how to find the collection With Coinbase. It's going to be, I think the most dumbed down, plain, simple, no frills, um, there's not going to be like an emphasis on like analytics. There's not going to be an emphasis on like, hey, you can sweep the floor. It's going to be you click here. This is cool. Here's the story. Bye. Um, that's that's where I think they're going to just dominate, though, because it'll be easy for, you know, uh, the onboarding and the, te- you know, the starting. Um, and then people, I think, will graduate from there and go different places. But they're really just going to run the same playbook back for for what they did with Bitcoin and Ethereum and do it with NFTs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you know, we've all been watching and waiting for for Coinbase. I'm excited to see what features they offer. But yeah, I mean, I've wrote about it at length here at Benzinga. They they had over 2.5 million, now over 3 million people on that wait list for the marketplace. So like you said, customer acquisition, so important in the space. And they have that commanding lead with that wait list already you know over three million people ready to go and and a lot of them already have crypto in their in in that wallet right so like you said they don't have to worry about all these other things that's what i'm saying like for like let's take the same person off the street if i tell them you know hey here's looks rare a new marketplace you should go buy an nft They, they don't you know they're like you know hey i have some crypto in my coinbase account now what all right, well, you got to download MetaMask. You download MetaMask. Now you got to transfer ETH from your you know, Coinbase account to your MetaMask. All right, now you need to sign and you, you know, authorize this collection. But uh, like with Coinbase, take the same person. Hey, like you want to buy an NFT? Here's what an NFT is. Go to Coinbase. Great. You click buy. Like the, the, removing friction from the equation um, is so important in this space and making it so, you know, with Top Shot, all you did, all I did was click buy, enter credit card, done. Yep, credit um, card, and that's that was so important. Coinbase will do have the same advantage. Um, but I do still think people will graduate from Coinbase at some point, uh, the same way they have with, you know, altcoin trading and Bitcoin trading. Yep. You know, before the, the show, talking to Brian, he's not, he wasn't using Coinbase as his like, you know, hey, I'm trading on a daily basis. I'm not going to use, you know, the standard Coinbase. You might go to pro.coinbase um, or you might use uh, a different, you know, mechanism for analytics and all this stuff. Um, but I do think it's the the lowest and easiest barrier into NFTs when it comes out. 
Definitely. So, you know, we talked about the, the looks token uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, conversation about that. And, you know, again, could call that a success, right? The, the tokens up, uh, you're rewarding the community. There's been kind of a call for, you know, OpenSea to launch a token. We have Coinbase coming. So this is more of an opinion question, Hunter. You know, uh, sure. I, I know you don't have any insight, but uh, Coinbase and OpenSea, I mean, in your opinion, do you think that they launch tokens in the future to reward community members? You know, it's a really good question, actually. Um, Coinbase, no. I, I, I would. I'm going to go strong no there. Um, and they're really not incentivized, right? They're they're a publicly held company. Um, I just don't. I can't see them doing it. Um, I. I I think I'm sure they've had this convo, right? Like I, I'm positive they had this convo. Um, and I think it just outweighs them financially to keep the fees, keep it for themselves. Um, you know, if they came out with a token, I'd be absolutely blown away. I mean, their token is coin on the NASDAQ. Uh, that's, that's their token. Um, I would say with OpenSea, um, I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards a possible yes. You know, I would say I'm like 52, 51% leaning like they do come out with something, but I don't think it's for another year, year and a half, like maybe even two years out. Um, I think OpenSea again is really in the, in, you know, behind the scenes, pulling a larva labs, keeping their mouth shut and just, you know, kind of saying, wait until they, you know, wait until these people see what we've been working on. Um, yeah, I, I do, I do think they, they will, um, in some kind of capacity and I think they're just being quiet about it. And, and the reason I think they're being quiet about it and the reason, you know, I think anybody could come up here and say yes or no. Um, but the real reason I think we don't haven't heard anything is for our own benefit, right? If they came out and said, yeah, we're going to do a token or yeah, we hear you. We believe in the ethos. Um, let me tell you something. You would be seeing incredible, incredible fake trading happening on OpenSea for the next until it happened. Um, you're, you would see so much happening where people are just trying to get, hey, I want volume, 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 volume. Um, and that way, when they come out with this token, I'm rewarded exponentially. We saw this happen um, with MetaMask when it was just even teased in a podcast when one of the, the MetaMask founders went on and said, yeah, probably might happen. Um, like it was, it was just a little bit of that. And he's like, you probably want to have three swaps. Let me tell you something in those three days, a number of yep. MetaMask swaps was incredible with people gamifying it on ETH, uh, with people even going to Polygon and just saying, I'm going to swap eight times in Polygon on, on hundred different accounts. I mean, there were people spending days of their lives, just making new wallets and doing swaps. If you saw, if, if there was even a, hint of a, a coin from OpenSea, you would see just incredible schemes being laid out. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that's why OpenSea has been incredibly quiet. Um, yeah. And it's for our own good and the users and the average users own good that they're being quiet. Um, so again, I have no hate for OpenSea. I think if you really read between the lines of what they're doing, there's a reason for it. Um, instead of everybody just throwing hate and getting upset, if you step back, look big picture, listen to kind of what I just said, it makes sense. Like that's why I lean towards, yeah, there's probably a token coming. 
Yeah, yeah. no, love I it. Uh, love that insight, Hunter. Again, for anyone out there watching, you know, that's just purely opinion here. Uh, just yeah. providing not financial you know, advice, don't Hunter's go trade thoughts, a whole not bunch fi- of... Yeah, not financial <laughs> advice, but uh, I, again, I think it's important to address. And I, I, I think that, you know, highlights the success of the looks token, you know, these past couple days too, because, you know, had looks rare not been successful or that token, you know, not be trading where it is today. Maybe that's, you know, more reason for OpenSea not to launch a token right away. So I think maybe if they weren't already planning on it or thinking about it, it's got to be at least in their <clears throat> minds right now. So, so Hunter, as I mentioned, a successful launch of Looks Rare, you know, a lot of positive mentions. I, I did see one negative item yesterday, and I, I just kind of wanted your thoughts on this. It's something sure. we've seen in NFTs before. It is kind of these wash sales, right? And we got a lot at the end of the year for tax purposes, you know, trading between wallets and different things. But with Looks Rare having the Looks token and rewarding users to buy and sell, there was some, uh, you know, uh, threads created on Twitter, right? Of showing different transactions, the kind of these wash sales just to get rewarded with more Looks token. So my question for you is, you know, how can Looks Rare kind of address this going forward to prevent this from being, you know, a huge issue that turns people off? Well, I, I think at the, at the root of, you know, what's happening with these sales, right? Those people who are doing these wash sales are paying a 2% fee. So if they trade a thousand, you know, five, if they sell themselves a 500 ETH, um, you know, NFT, they're in theory between those two wallets creating a thousand uh eth worth of sales um and so they're technically paying uh you know that two percent fee there and that two percent fee of you know 20 eth is going to actually to everybody else who's staking um and and i do get there's two sides of this you can take the very like hey this is you know we're rewarding the wrong people here but at the same time like People like me who bought on this, you know, the open market and I bought, you know, at $3, I bought, you know, $20,000 worth of looks, that $20,000 is getting not only APY and reward and looks, but at the end of every day, uh, I'm getting, you know, a percentage of that, you know, those millions of dollars in fees that they're accruing. Um, and so really, like, even though I didn't trade at all yesterday, uh, let's say like I, I just get paid for for holding looks. That's great, um, and I think that's that's one way to look at it. But I do agree like there at there is a incentive to these people to go wash trade. Um, that incentive will go away as volume increases. And I think today, you know, today being the second day, we're probably gonna see um, a lot of the people that were like, oh wait, you can make money wash trading. Go and join it. You don't know how many people are wash trading. You don't know how much volume there is. Um, and I think there's going to be neg- I think there's going to be days where the wash traders lose money. And I think today could be a day where we see a lot of people coming in um, and it's going to kind of burn some of them. So I think it's kind of a, you know, Hey, there's a, a cookie on the stove. You can try to grab it, but you might get burned grabbing it kind of, you know, ordeal. Um, I think today you'll probably see the first, wash traders get burned because uh, I did think I do think we saw a lot of people coming in I think we also saw a lot of organic volume coming in today um, and if you actually look at the math behind it there's a actual level where any volume over that is negative cost uh, to the the wash traders so um, the last I looked I think we were approaching that that volume actually at some point today 
Uh, and once we go over that, well, they're losing money. Uh, and, you know, it's to our benefit again to, you know, just be holding looks and staking it. Um, but, you know, this is, uh, it's just part of like the economics of it. Uh, but it's also why people are incentivized to use looks rare. Like if I go and trade, I get rewarded for it. Um, I think I saw that like Dingling bought, uh, I think he bought an ape or something yesterday, spent 67 ETH. Um, and he got almost $4,000 in looks just for making that purchase. Um, so he got essentially a little bit over an ETH discount just for using looks rare. Um, you know, and then he can go, he went and staked it, I think. And now he's earning fees and looks just by staking from that. And if you compound that over time, well, technically, you know, it's possible to say that that ape was 10, 15, 20% off just because he bought it on looks rare. <clears throat> and he did. Okay. You answered that. I was going to say he did. Yeah, no, he did. Like, that's he did like the actual economics of his purchase yesterday. Gotcha. 67 ETH purchase. He got $4,000 about, and he looks back from that purchase. Um, and now he's earning fees and, you know, looks off of that looks that he got. Oh, I, awesome. that, I mean, that's awesome. One thing I'm, I was just looking up, sorry, I had to jump, jump off my, um, a few times my puppy started getting in something he shouldn't have. And now I found two of his puppy teeth uh, just laying oh, yeah. on the table. So he was definitely chewing on something. But, um, one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, that was interesting. You said that like Coinbase or OpenSea don't really need their own token. You said Coinbase has um, its own token, which is pretty much its stock, which is you're right. That um, one thing that they did do is they did help. Um, they backed and funded and helped develop the USDC coin, which is what they use for all of their transactional purposes for, you know, your fiat to crypto. Sure. Um, and so there's really no point for them to really have a coin. I, and I wanted to, uh, bring up and i 100 percent agree that you know if they say something about open c if they say something about having a token you're going to have all these scams and all this nonsense come up but then you're like well what's the point in actually having the token if they have the two percent fee so hopefully it is something interesting and i i am looking forward to it yeah i think at the end of the day if you're gonna have a token there needs to be like real prop like utility behind that token i think even this did a great job right like that there's you can steer the direction of ens with that it's a voting mechanism um yes. and it has you know ability uh to to actually be converted into ether usd which is great um but there's real value to that and the market will value that right now it's valued at like what 22 dollars or 25 dollars um and with looks rare like there's real utility to it you can stake it earn looks and earn fees um OpenSea would have to do something different, like or similar. Like they just say, "Hey, the half the fees go to the the public, um, or something." That would be something. Um, but I do think like the real issue here is OpenSea can do that, and you know now like like they have to be real. There has to be a real differentiator there, um, because I think the time to do it was like whoever's first is first. Great. Um, but I kind of feel like now they need to, if they're going to come up with a token, there needs to be something really, really like kind of ground. Yeah, they define the utility for it. I mean, yeah. you can't just say, here's a token and then you have that. Then it's a whole world of different securities, taxes, all that. I mean, it's just a nightmare. So it has to be. But Brian, boring. like what, what I look for as, you know, an active user in the space and my philosophy on crypto is that, right, like we saw what Luxrare did. That becomes kind of like a, oh, if you're, you know, a marketplace, users should be rewarded. Now that's the standard. 
what I would hope OpenSea does is says, wow, that's a really cool use for a token. Great. Like we could do that. But here's a way crazier, like, you know, out of right field idea for how you can utilize a token that nobody's ever done before. And we're really smart. We came out with it. If they did that, oh my God, like that would be phenomenal. Um, And that's kind of like what I look for when I'm like, hey, who's an innovator and not just a copier and replicator? Because that shows like real, real like prowess. And that's why like, I like Wolf Game. Like they weren't a replicator. They changed the game. Um, You know, that's why like Pixel Vault, they changed the game. Uh, Looks rare, kind of changing the, like changing the game. Like, and I think there's more to come that will like really flip how we look at marketplaces in this industry on their head. Um, And there's lots of other things happening, but that's, that's kind of like the exciting part of where we are instead of like, Hey, OpenSea is going to copy. Can they innovate? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll just, uh, how about we just move to, since you said innovation and, you know, looking to the future, what are some things that we can expect from looks and look rare looks rare in the future that you can maybe disclose if possible? I would say an emphasis on, well, so the big thing here is that like, there's a public bug tracker, there's, feedback from the customers. And that's, that's one area that I like is that they were like, Hey, whatever the people complain about the most first, that's where we'll put like, instead of just saying like, Hey, you want analytics? Hey, you want this? Hey, you want this? And shoving it down people's throats. They were like, let's launch pretty bare bones. Let's focus on like making sure it works. Um, get like, get a solid foundation and then build off of that. Um, like, I, I think that was also part of like the narrative, like listening and looking at what they're doing. It was like, all right, they're not trying to like market, like, you know, technology push. It's more of a pool. Like, Hey, people want this. Great. Let's give it to them. Um, so like analytics are a big thing probably in the future um, as well as like trading tools and utility, like utility, like the collection offer. Um, you'll see more stuff like that definitely in the future. Awesome. So you've been behind a few, uh, a couple NFT collections and projects, um, and you're <clears throat> you've launched your own NFT and um, invested in a whole ton of them. Are there any um, any ones that you're excited about, or any new ones that you have in the future? Anything you want to hint at? Yeah. So you know, I, I Chris, with your your article, I I think I touched on a couple. Um, the one that you know today with uh, you know just watching World of Women take off on the news. Um, of, you know, who they have now kind of like at the helm and being a, a fully open source licensable uh, NFT for, for the IP. Um, that one's played out. I think that one still has some legs on it. Um, again, none of this is like financial advice. I'm just kind of opinionating on like where, uh, where I see some of these collections kind of like having, you know, upside in, in yeah. the sense of like, there are going to be more popular. Um, I, I think, We'll also see Wolf Games still continue to uh, really innovate in kind of how we look at the game, you know, play to earn gaming at like a Farmville level, like, hey, there's risk, there's reward, you can get stuff that's actually worth money. Um, I see somebody who commented Fluff World. Yes, I agree. Fluff World has uh, a lot happening there. Um, I went to a Fluff World party in Miami. Uh, that blew my mind where they had like an AI (laughs) rapper perform for it was like 30 seconds but it was like whoa that's really cool yeah um I think nuclear nerds is one that I'm super super interested on um you know I again all of this I own so you know full disclosure I am kind of talking my bag uh but nuclear nerds is held uh you know being led at the helm 
uh, by Simon Goldberg, who, uh, you know, is just really, really just a smart guy. Um, a lot of, a uh, lot of experience in the media world here in Hollywood. Um, and I think they have a really, really, uh, really good like roadmap ahead of them and how they're thinking. And they're kind of taking a, a playbook from pixel vault. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, doodles is an obvious one, right? We, we, we've seen execution there. I, I think, you know, when it comes down to how I analyze NFTs and who's doing well, um, and, and you know, how they're, how they're like future should be kind of evaluated. I look at one, like, is it NFT, can I get behind it for the art or whatever it's supposed to represent, but then it's community, uh, it's authenticity and it's creativity. Um, if it has like those three things going for it and the people running it are executors where I, I know if I turn my back on them and came back in two weeks, they would be far ahead of where they were. I'm, I will purchase and invest and put my money behind that kind of project. Um, right now, I think we're getting a lot of false promises from people. I think there's a lot of people just saying, Hey, roadmap, Hey, token, Hey, this. And there isn't really any substance behind the team just saying I'm, I'm motivated by money. Um, the teams that are motivated and say, I'm here to build. Um, I don't care what the price of ETH is. I don't care how much I make out of this. I just want to build and create. And this is a dream. Um, I, I will fully support that. And that's why I, I like people like Danny Cole uh, with Creature World, who I sat in a cafe with him in Brooklyn. And it was like somebody is flipping a switch between our world and his own world and his mind where he was just telling me like, this is what the future looks like. And this is what I want Creature World to be. Um, stuff like that is really where I get amped up and get excited to, to invest with the NFTs. Hell yeah. Awesome. Love it. So, so Hunter, you know, one of the questions I asked um, for the 2022 predictions was, you know, uh, what's, uh, what's a wild prediction, right? I forgot how I phrased it now, but what's a wild prediction for 2022? And got a, a difference of opinions from people, but the one that you threw out was 2022 might be the year a lot of people take very, very real losses and a lot of projects finally get sent to the graveyard. So so not to put you too much on the spot here, Hunter, I just loved what you said about you know what you look for in projects to get behind them. But for new people to the NFT space, what are some things that they can you know look for themselves to make sure they're not getting into these projects that, you know, as you say, could go to the graveyard in 2022? If a project is emphasizing the return you will get, that is a red flag. Yes. Like, and I, like a, clip a, that. a real community is not based on, <laughs> hey, we're going to make money. Let's, mm -hmm. let's be real and blunt about that. I've had some people even disagree with me on stage at NFT NYC during our panel and say, you're wrong. And I still wholeheartedly believe that a real community is not formed on financial motivation, right? The second the money is gone, the community is gone, the project's gone, it's gone. Um, <clears throat> I think also actions, right? Like if you can actively see a team who's saying like, hey, this is our project and they're executing and they're like providing real, like instead of just hype, um, you know, we've seen some projects that come out with this amazing one minute animated video and promise all this stuff, but there's no real like, you know, backing mm -hmm. to it. That's a red flag. Mm -hmm. um, if you get in a discord and it's a one week old project and it has 200,000 people in the discord <laughs> and the Twitter has 200,000 followers, that's a red flag. Yes, sir. Um, you know, if, if you see everybody 
commenting and you get DMs about it and it's like, hey, like I have to complete an invite contest for the you know Discord and invite five people. That's a red flag. You really want just like organic, good, like, hey, like we're really excited on this. We've been working a long time and like be able to see like, hey, these people really have been working on this a long time and they really care and they're not here for the money. Um, and the community is like not just talking about floor prices. Like you just want people that care about the project. Um, and when you see a roadmap, know that the roadmap is feasible, even if it is like, oh, like that's a really hard roadmap. Can the creators of that project execute on it? Um, if I came out for a roadmap and it said that I'm going to launch a, you know, a music label and we're going to do a world tour within the next 18 months. Well, I, you know, I, I might think I can do that, but the reality of it is I have no experience in the music industry. Um, I'm starting to dabble in it, but I can't go do that. Like, I think somebody could look at my background, see my LinkedIn, see what I talk about, understand kind of like my background and be like, this guy cannot do a world tour in the next 18 months. Um, and there's nobody on his team that knows anything about doing a world tour. So right off the bat, that should be like a huge red flag. Um, things like that are kind of like the mentality that you need to have. Um, I think everybody also needs to think like, Hey, like, we all watch Shark Tank. All of those investors are are thinking in the mentality of how can I pick this apart? Where are my biggest concerns instead of, oh, price can go up here. Um, and I think when you take that emotional back step and stop thinking about money and like, hey, money has to go up. This has to go up. Everybody's saying it can go up. And you start thinking to yourself, okay, if I spend one ETH on this, am I happy with the art? At the let's say this all disappears and if you're like hey i just want for the art great go buy it but if you're thinking of this as a financial investment just pick it apart try to answer questions if there's something you can't answer talk to somebody or like think around but like i i think that's what will save you the most money um and then the last thing from this rant is whenever somebody new gets in the nfts and they ask me what's the best thing to buy right now what should i do where should i spend my money um I always tell them the best thing you can do and the best first purchase is a notebook. And they, and I, I so many people get upset with me because they're like, you know, take your, take your dad comment and your dad joke and go away. <laughs> but the reality of it is you will save so much money by spending $10 on a notebook and a pen and sitting in front of your computer and just watching floors, watching the tactics that are being deployed by different projects and what's working, what isn't, what's the market doing, looking at ETH, looking at different tokens, like everything that's happening in the marketplace. And after like two weeks, you should be able to sit back. You'll see a project, you know, you'll be looking at floor and be like, wait, that's underpriced. And the second you are like, wait, I didn't see somebody say something and I'm like, oh, I like their opinion. The second you're making your own opinions and having your own conviction, that's when you should feel comfortable buying something instead of, whoa, I'm seeing all these people make money off of apes. Let me go buy one. Because right yeah. now, if somebody came in, they're like, Hunter, I have $200,000. Should I buy an ape? I would tell them, no, not a chance. Don't buy an ape right now. You're just starting out and you're trying to get returns. Go buy, like, I'd be like, go buy a doodle. Go buy a world of women. Go buy some wolf game. And like, there's... Because there's Diversity. more upside there. And you can look at the market and see, hey, these are probably undervalued based on everything else that's happening around us. Yeah. Um, that's I just urge anybody listening right now that they they delay that, pause it, educate themselves, then jump in. Uh, I mean, my story started with me having three months, four months of just watching before I went crazy. 
Um, and then like, even then after those four months, I still got burned really bad in the beginning. Like I was close to going like fully bankrupt out of the game, uh, because you know, I hadn't fully learned yet and I tried to get too aggressive. Um, and that made me even, you know, go harder into the education side of spending nights sleeplessly learning and educating, seeing what's happening until I was like, wait, I can finally execute at the highest level without making those mistakes. Those are good points. Yeah. Hunter, love this. This has been great. You know, again, the roadmap here, we try to provide, you know, education, insights into NFTs. And I mean, you just shared some great education. I love the notebook comment. Um, you know, uh, whether people want to criticize you for it, uh, that that's their own business. But I think, you know, <laughs> taking notes and following along, I think is a good approach. Um, last topic here before uh, we're running out of time here. This has been great. Uh, you can always tell an interview is going so well when you lose track of time and, you know, next thing you know, the show's supposed to end. Uh, I want to talk about celebrities for a minute. That was another question I asked you for the 2022 predictions. And you said that you kind of saw the celebrities getting into NFT slowing down. You named a couple people as maybe doubling down like Gary Vee, Shaq. Um, but then your bold prediction was LeBron James getting into NFTs. We haven't seen that yet, but in the first 12 days of the year, we have seen Eminem and uh, Eva Longoria get into NFTs. So I guess I'd ask you the same thing. Uh, are you sticking with that, you know, LeBron, not, not so called prediction, but maybe LeBron getting in? And are you surprised at Eminem and Eva Longoria getting into NFTs here early in 2022? You know, I'm not. Um, I, I'm not surprised by by those two getting in. Um, I think LeBron still like when we look at the the scheme of things, right? I think the number ones in their industries, whether it's music, sports, um, entertainment, uh, are going to make leaps into this space, right? It it, it would be wild to see them not. Um, and I think LeBron's a very smart businessman. I think he'll he'll probably take longer than you know most because it's a billion dollar brand, um, and it's going to be in probably some collaboration with Nike. Uh, and when they figure out what it is and what you know the utility behind it is and how to do it as safe as possible, like when I worked with Shaq, the biggest thing there was we need to do this in a way that is sustainable and isn't like, hey, Shaq came in, thank you, bye, like. The entire time we were having that conversation was, look, I don't want to hurt anybody. I want this to be for the people. I want to do good. I want people to walk away saying, wow, Shaq was really thoughtful in his process um, because he really does care. And, and that was when it kind of clicked for me is, hey, they're celebrities. And I see this happening. I, I've, I've listened to people who are working on projects that I'm helping with and they're working with celebrities and the celebrities on a freaking beach in Tulum and they're like let me know when the ETH you know when the ETH hits my wallet and they're like we can't even get their feedback on the art and so when I hear that I'm like I don't want to be within 10 miles of that and I don't want to touch that I think there's people like LeBron I think there's very smart business people uh, that are going to say look let me jump into this let me provide real value real community uh, you know creation for the people that are my fans um, and I still think LeBron will do it. Um, additional predictions since the last 12 days. Um, you know, <laughs> I do know I've, I've learned of a couple in the last week or so 
Uh, so I can't, I can't say those. Yeah, don't, um, don't, don't disclose if you get in trouble here. We're always looking for alpha, I mean, but we don't want to get you in trouble. Um, we got your back. It's fine. I really, I have to stay with like my original answer just for like to play it safe. Like I, I do think we'll see music and sports really, really take off because oh, yeah. there's some playbooks out there. Um, and I think if they kind of follow the Gary V, providing tons of value and utility uh to their community and the people that pick up on this like maybe this is better than even talking about like who can do it um but i think if you're a fan of somebody and you see somebody that you're a fan of come out with a nft um uh you're probably going to want to make sure that they're talking about like hey this is what you can get out of it um and it's not just like hey we, we get a live stream to a concert like it should be something that, like, like Gary's doing a worthwhile, uh, like a real, real fest, like a, a, yep. a conference, and there's yeah, real utility, and like there's tens of thousands of dollars worth of value there, and you know it shouldn't just be, hey, I'm gonna send you an autographed NFT and that's it. Um, there should be like you know lots of different things happening or like a really good cause behind it. Um, that's that's what makes me uh, you know want to buy something. I can't talk about Meek Mill. Sorry. I wish I could. <laughs> well, there's also on that side, there's also like just for art, like I, I'm a big fan of Justin Rowland, uh, the guy who uh, created Rick and Morty. And yep. um, I have two of his uh, NFTs. Or he did an art release and stuff like that before OpenSea went off. But, you know, I don't really care about the value or if it goes up in value. I want it because I like his art and I like it. Right. And I think people also need to realize that, that this isn't always a financial thing. Like, I've bought pieces that, you know, I've walked away. I sat down and I was like, dude, like, you just lost so much money. Like, a significant amount of money. And I was like, who cares? Like, I I like it. Like, um, and I understand not everybody can can have that position but there are people and there are times where you're just like look i absolutely love justin i want to own a piece i love rick and morty it makes me laugh and it's a part of my life and i want to have it in my wallet and put it on my wall buy it like there's nothing wrong with you don't let anybody shame you and be like oh you bought that like really like there are times here where you just buy something because you love it um and there should be no shame in that oh yeah absolutely 100 percent Hunter, last question here. It's a, a follow-up to the celebrity angle, and you also mentioned, you know, uh, sports and music. There is this big game happening in February, and there are some rumors out there that Board Ape may make an appearance um, during the halftime performance. We've got Eminem, we've got Snoop Dogg. Um, any comments or any uh, predictions on, you know, if we maybe see NFTs during this year's Super Bowl? Well, I know everybody knows that I'm very close with the Snoop Dogg uh, compound. Um, I will make no comments. I will say that, uh, you know, Snoop has been very vocal that he's a supporter of the space. All of his actions have reflected that. Um, and, you know, they're, all I can say is Snoop is there very much in the space. Um, and I really do expect his actions around the Super Bowl leading up to it and afterwards and, um, you know, to, to reflect that. So uh, no comment. I do expect NFTs to <laughs> definitely have have their moments, though. Um, mm-hmm. I also make a prediction right now that we will see at least one uh, project have a Super Bowl commercial, um, and there will be several. I'm 
several NFT related or crypto related uh, commercials during the halftime show this oh, year. Yeah. Um, one that I've already seen. So I'm, I'm excited. Oh, I've, uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm very excited. I, I, I really do think like this is the year, like it, it's at a mainstream level now where it's, it's, you know, you open up your computer and on hype pieces about Board API club uh, or, you know, the price of Ethereum is now on CNBC uh, when you're watching like Squawk Box or something, yeah. you know, it's, it's hit that mainstream level. Uh, so I do expect for things that are very cultural, like uh, the halftime show and like other things to, to, you know, nod to that because it's part of, it's part of the world now. Awesome. Agreed. Well, Hunter Orell, everyone, I dropped his Twitter handle there in the chat if you're watching live. If not, you can follow him. You can find his Twitter handle in the description for this video. Hunter, big shout out to you and thank you again for joining us on the roadmap. This has been great to get your insights, not only to looks rare, but also into the NFT market overall. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank Thanks, you so man. much, Chris. Brian, great to meet you. Yes, sir. Uh, happy to come back anytime and be value. Of, of course, yeah. we'll have you back on. We'll bring you on some Twitter spaces as well. Yeah, Hunter. I followed you on Twitter too. And you can always join us on a <clears throat> on a space. We have a spaces all the time. I'll, I'll send Love you it. a message. Love it. Awesome. So guys, well, thank Hunter, you so much. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk soon, all right? All right. All right. Well, Brian, what a fun show that was today with Hunter Orell. Looks rare and also digging into, you know, the NFT market overall. We're out of time today. We got pre-market prep at the close coming up soon. You'll get a recap of stocks and crypto from today. Brian, our show tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Joining us again on the roadmap, we have Doge Pound coming back on. They're going to talk about how they're, uh, you know, turning into video games, right? Not just NFTs, but now getting into the gaming space. So super excited for that interview. As always, everyone, please make sure you like this video. Uh, comment, let us know what you thought, and make sure you subscribe to Benzinga's YouTube channel. Brian, as always, uh, take care and we will see everyone tomorrow.